Jonathan, after a month of uh, digging, did you finally get Jacob out of that hole? You're not going to believe this. He wasn't even in the hole to begin with. It's like that, it was like that scene in Space Jam when Wayne Knight is like digging in the golf course looking for looking for for Michael Jordan. And then he just sees Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck walk by. It was like that. I was digging. Where was it again? Tijuana? I don't even remember where we lost him, but I was digging. And, and he just walked past and he was like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, looking for you. And then I kept digging and I turned back and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, here it is now. He's putting on his headphones and uh, Jacob will now say his first words in almost four months on this podcast. Make him count. Don't actually count. I swear to God, if you start counting. Wait a minute. No, do start counting. It fits with the theme. It fits with the theme, Jacob. Let, give let me... him talk. Let him talk. Hola, mis amigos. Ha sido un buen tiempo. Pero ahora... ¡I'm back! <laughs> ¡I'm back! For those I have who a little bit of a Spanish accent yeah. now, but you're going to have to deal with it. For those, who, uh, for those who, did not, who, who don't speak Spanish, I'll be very glad to translate. He just said that he was... ¡Andale la música! No, no, come on! <laughs> Creation is beautiful. See what's happening this week with the pop culture. Bienvenidos a Pop Cultural Quintessentials oh con Cube. Yo soy Ruben Quiroz, yo soy el primer tercio de Cube y yo estoy acompañado hoy por uh, Jacob Quiroz, un otro tercio de Cube. And JQ, the one with a green card. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, that's right. Guess who I called? Guess who I called as the intro was playing? Yellow, baby. Yellow, H-I-E-L-O, ice, ice. <laughs> uh, all right, we're done with the Spanish. Um, Jacob, you haven't been on this podcast since last year, you know? Wow, it's been forever, right? I know, right? Last year was yesterday. I know, right? We are recording oh this. Dolphin's sick well, of I'm these jokes. Harm, I'm going to harm somebody. Dolphin's sick of these jokes. It's Wait, only been four months, guys. All right. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm back. So what? JQ, you good? I was just counting my list because I wanted to double check. And you know what? That movie that we were talking about before, uh, we started 20. It ended up at number 20. Granted, all right. Of all the new movies I watched, 
I need to watch it again. We'll talk right. about it. When we get so we'll as Jonathan was alluding to and didn't give me a chance to properly announce, uh, today we are going to do our top 10 movies of 2023 as we leave behind 2023 and enter 2024. Thank God. We will, our next podcast will probably be most anticipated movies of 2024. And we'll we will be having our special guest back. We will see if, he, if our guest from last year's episode comes back. We have really? to check. James, yeah. Yeah. We, we the can Cracker make it year- is coming back. We the Cracker it- is coming back. <laughs> we can try making it a yearly tradition, having yeah. James on that. Just once. Got- <laughs> hey, man. One year, two years, that all- that's all it takes to start a yearly tradition. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Yes. All right. So we are doing our top 10 list from 2023. I'm going to try to make it a little more streamlined this time. Um rather than how we did it last year. So here's how we're going to do it this time. We're going to each go down from 10 to 6, and then we're going to just talk about those half of the lists, and then we'll all go from 5 to 2. We'll talk about that, and then we'll all talk about our number one movie of the year. Yeah, but uh, it, it seems, like, at least based on what it, what it seems like to me, it seems that our number one and two for you guys and for me just flipped. That's all it sounds like. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers for the list. All right, here we go. Uh, Jacob, you want to start with you start us off? Go from your number ten movie to your number six movie. Okay, let's see. Here. Yeah, all right. Here we go. Top ten of twenty twenty three according to Cube. The definitive list. Yeah, I'm this kidding. is definitive. If yeah, any this is of you this disagree- a good list. Wait, okay, wait, wait. Actually, actually, good. real quick, real quick. There are some movies I did want to mention that I have not seen yet that I really wanted to watch this year, but I just did not have the time in order for it to be on the list. So I do, can, just real quick, yeah, yeah. Ruben and Jacob are going to probably mention some of these because they've seen them, but Air, May, December. Um, I didn't get to watch Ferrari, but honestly, eh, you know, eh. Oh, what was the other one? Ruben, help. Killers, the killers. The, uh, killers. the killer, the killer. The killer. There was one more. Why am I blanking? Good God, Ruben, help me. <laughs> Those are the yeah. main ones. Forget it. Those are the main ones. Okay, the movies I have not watched. And will not be on my list. I'm very all sorry. All of them. Pretty much all of them. Jacob has not watched anything. Air, May, December, Boy in the Heron, Godzilla <laughs> minus one. You you are a piece of shit. You the are a piece of, of shit. The Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm so sorry. I know that one probably would make my top five. All right. It's all right. And I'll list it's mine just... as well. Because I've seen most of these. But I haven't seen May, December, Maestro. Um, the Killer by David Fincher. Far, I haven't seen Ferrari either. I guess I haven't seen Color Purple because I guess that one's getting close as well. I, might... I didn't mention Past Lives, did I? No, you didn't. I think that's the one. Oh, Past Lives, American Fiction. Uh, and those are the those are the big ones for me, honestly. I, I also didn't get to watch um, Color Purple. I was going to try to watch it before we made this list along with ferrari but i i just got i I watched maestro and i was just like all right i think i'm done with movies for the year (laughs) uh all right uh, way to end it (laughs) jacob you can also mention some honorable mentions if you have any as well honorable mentions, like stuff that barely we should we should should mention no we should go through those once we get to to, like once we're at one you know like we're really gonna have any honorable mentions yeah yeah, yeah, that's a good one all right let's do that okay so jacob okay yeah here's 10 through 6 all right would you oh my god you're stalling bro you're for the camera, honey. Why are you sound so sad? I'm over here sad. Hey, what the frick? <laughs> what, what? 
and smile for the camera. Yeah, I mean, think I'm so, I'm so depressed. I'm the one who's I'm putting tired. He's tired, oh, yeah. bro. I'm the one who's putting on an act. All right. New gone. Year's Eve. New Year's Eve was yesterday, bro. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I was up until like two or three. Look at me now. I was up until four. I was up till four as well. You see, okay, that's why y'all need some more methamphetamines in your life. Listen, you would be up and wait, at listen. Them. Methamphetamines. Listen, listen. Okay. Listen. This is my. This is my. Yeah. Mission Impossible. Yes, it made it into my list. Blackberry. Yes, it made it into my list. You don't have to just Barbie. To keep... The Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And John Wick 4. Okay. See, that's solid. That's yeah, solid. Yeah, 10 through 6. That's pretty solid, man. Come on. Oh yeah. Mission Impossible barely cracked. Well, was a was a honorable mention for me. That barely cracked. Ruben, um, shut up. We t- I told you we talk about this between two and one. That's right. We're breaking the floor. All right, Ruben, you go. Or Jonathan. I don't know. Ru- no, no, Ruben, go. Ruben, why don't you go? You want me to go? Yes. Want me to go? Fine. Ten air. Nine poor things. Wait, hold on. I think I screwed this up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Here we go. Ten we are air- professionals. We are professionals. We know what we know how to do this. All right. We've been doing right. this for year. For years. Year. Two years. years. Yeah. Two years. Ten air, nine more things. Eight, the iron claw. Seven, Godzilla minus one. Six killers of the flower moon. How did killers end up that low on your list? I liked other stuff better, bro. Holy shit. All right. We talked about it in the episode. That's true. That's true. Anyway, you go ahead. Give me a second. I'm going to need to, I want to rearrange a few things here. You're going to rearrange on the air? Yeah. Should should I just talk through my list? No, no. I just, I'm just rearranging one more thing. That's all. Okay. I'm not rearranging my list. Yeah. This is final. Yeah, Jay. Locked in forever. Locked in forever. Here we go. At number 10. Okay, it's loading. At number 10, we have The Iron Claw, baby. What a film. Uh, let's see what's after that. It didn't save. <laughs> At number 10, we have The Iron Claw. Number nine, Asteroid City. Number eight, Godzilla Minus One. Number seven, The Holdovers. And at number six, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Different from mine, different from mine. Yeah, different from mine too, Ruben. All right. All right. We have disagree. We have different how, tastes. How are we gonna do do you Jacob? Do you want to talk through your list? Yes. Give a little I'm little thoughts on each of the films, I guess. Mission Impossible. Great premise. I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> I thought the action was great. I thought Tom Cruise was still crazy. So I give it a uh, solid like seven out of ten. So that's why it ended up on my list. Uh Blackberry. Good biopic. Um, I would say that it's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, what else? What else would I say about this movie? It was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun watching. I'm from Waterloo, where the vampires hang out. (laughs) Exactly. Um, It was a lot of fun just like uh, watching a movie about like a phone that died off in the late like 2000s. I think it was early 2010s, maybe even. I think it was the late 2000s. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, Barbie. Obviously, I just, uh, the music in this movie's been, I've been listening to that on repeat. Obviously. Uh, I dressed up as Ken. 
for Halloween. Jacob was Mexican, um, Ken. I thought it had a lot of like a lot to say about like finding meaning and just being yourself. So that's good. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Thought it was a good end to a trilogy. Um, I don't know. I was a little disappointed with like no one dying. I, I guess that just like subverted expectations. Spoilers! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's twenty twenty three review. Come on, <laughs> grow up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought okay. the scenes with Rocket were great. Rocket was just—I think it was the best part of that movie, hundred percent. Um, and it's just a very emotional conclusion. Uh, John Wick four. Action is amazing. That is an action-packed movie from beginning to end. It's a lot like the Mission Impossible movie. Except uh, better. Like, except better. Yeah. <laughs> because I put it in six. <laughs> and that's uh, Clancy Brown. Love seeing Clancy Brown in there. The Harbinger, baby. That man, I, I need him in more live action because he's a phenomenal voice actor. He does a lot of voice acting, but like, yeah. he has physical presence like what the hell like why see yeah. why not see this man more and then the actor i forget what the guy's name is but the guy who plays Ip man or ip man uh donnie yen donnie yen, donnie yen. amazing oh my amazing, god dude. amazing He's... work and i don't know why he likes playing blind people i was gonna say uh, after <laughs> after watching it i actually had to double check that donnie yen was in fact not blind like I had to, I was, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because he's done it a couple of times. He did it in Rogue One as well. Yeah, he's well, done yeah, it so many times. Yeah, because I'm like, was he faking sight in in IP Man? Was he? Was he <laughs> what an actor pretending he gained he could, the vision for one movie. His vision for one movie. Exactly. That Jesus, movie's great though. Jesus came oh down and rubbed a little bit of mud in his eyes, and he was like, "Oh my god." I can see. <laughs> and the one unforgettable sequence of uh, Keanu Reeves falling down like four flights of steps. That was great. That's the, one of the best. The funny thing it's not even Keanu Reeves. It's, it's, stunt, it's stunt double. It's a stunt double. Who will go down in history? Because that is one of the best like pratfalls. I, I don't even know if I can call it a pratfall. You could call it a pratfall. It basically pratfall. That's 100% a pratfall. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the best pratfalls I've seen like ever. Like that, like, I I don't want to know how many takes that took. I don't want to know how much ice he had to use after that. I don't know. It didn't look like if he had padding, it was minimum. And those looked like the actual stairs. So that man was falling down real stairs like that. Anyway, I'll talk more about John Wick in a bit because it it, it is later in my list. So I don't want to. I just want to give context to our audience because it's not used as often. A pratfall is basically... um, it literally means they fall onto one's buttocks, but it is referring to when someone does a stupid or humiliating action. And it's usually like on stage or on screen. So I yeah. just wanted to clarify that. If, if, we're, if we want to talk, talk about the people that made it famous, that would be people like Buster Keaton, uh, Charlie Chaplin, the yeah. Three Stooges, a bunch of these vaudevillian guys. <laughs> and then it kind of continued uh, in like the 80s and 90s with people like John Candy, who did like very physical comedy. Or, uh, oh, God, what's the name of the guy who's going to play Shrek? Um, Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Yeah. Chris Farley. That's the guy. Yeah. All right. Jake, would you have anything to add or can I go ahead? Uh, I think it was a breakout role for the black actor. for. Oh, for movie. John Wick and John yeah. Wick. I forget uh, what the guy's uh, name yeah, is. Who was that? That guy was great. He was phenomenal. He did a great like, job. The guy who played the Man tractor. Man held his own. Uh, like, Shamir Anderson. Movie, Shamir like. Anderson, yeah. yeah. He did great in that movie. 
All right. Uh, Shamir Anderson, I just wanted to call him out, say that he did a good job. <laughs> this is a call out to you, Shamir. Call Find out. me. I live in Ruben. Okay, put a long bleep here. He, play, he played the tracker. John Wick 4. Great job, dude. Okay. All right. And now I will go through my list 10 to 6. 10 is Air. Uh, ben Affleck's newest directorial effort. I think it's his first since Live by Night, which was what, like four or five years ago? Christ almighty. Are you serious? Um, hold on. I'm double checking that as we speak. Yeah. 20, no, 2016. His first directorial effort in seven years, which makes sense. He went through a lot. But it's also the reunion between Ben Affleck and Matt Damon um, as behind-the-scenes partners. They both produced oh, yeah. this movie. Um, they did both star in The Last Duel with Ridley Scott, but they weren't like heavily involved creatively there, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, but anyway, Air tells the story of Nike and the ragtag group of individuals that bring the Jordan shoe to life. And it should be a cynical movie. Because it's just, you know, dealing with sneakers and like a commercial product and oh my God, how are these uh, millionaires going to fill their pockets or how are these guys going to all get filthy rich? How's Phil Knight going to make his career? But it, it, it comes off as endearing uh, by the end of it. Um, it really, I mean, I guess it's just a credit to the writing and then the directing that Ben Affleck did of that script uh, later. Um, it just a credit to them that they were able to make this uh, story, which should be completely cynical and just like a piece of, oh, my God, capitalism, uh, boo. Um, they made that a feel good movie. By the end, you just want to want to cheer because they pull it off. So they told a really good underdog story there um, and probably the second best. Uh, bi no biopic. That's not really a biopic. Uh, second best biopic of the year screw it I'll say it what about the Iron Claw it's not really a biopic it's like Iron Claw is a biopic would you call it I would yeah, call Iron Claw Iron Claw the only thing that keeps Iron Claw from being a biopic is the fact that they have to cut out one of the brothers okay okay I'll I'll, I'll amend my statement screw it because third best <laughs> now probably fourth best because I'm forgetting killers but anyway it's one of the best <laughs> It's the 10th best movie of the year for me. I'm not doing real well right now. It's the 10th best movie of the year for me. We all and have to. We, and I think it's the, feel, it's the feel good movie of the year. So if you feel down, pop in air. Or not pop. holdovers? Well, holdovers. <laughs> I'm, holdovers. I'm cooking him. I'm cooking him. Stop for no reason. Not cooking me. Holdovers is more complex than just a feel-good movie. Let me you into and the I kitchen. agree with that. Let me into the kitchen. Come on now. Do you want me to be doing this with your list later? Being a dick like this? That's true. You know, the, yeah, I, exactly. I've been reading I've been reading the analytics, and apparently uh, at least 60% of the audience would uh, stab me to death if given the opportunity. Really? Yeah. <laughs> your mom was in that 60%. Can you I, believe I think, that? I think my vote counted like five or six times because i think <laughs> then you're a pussy been... for not doing it during christmas <laughs> next me down <laughs> jesus next is poor things it is your legomos legomos <laughs> lapinos hold on hold on lanthimos lanthimos thank you i didn't have his name in front of me your goes legolas <laughs> i'm gonna shut up now i'm gonna i'm muted my mic yeah please you didn't interrupt Jacob like this, you little dickhead. That's a fucking lie. You know? <laughs> no, you didn't. 
we could literally go that's, back and that's listen. why i made my reviews concise i didn't go and keep i didn't like you didn't give him ammo you didn't give him ammo yeah uh, it's your latest film uh it stars emma stone <laughs> Uh, and it has supporting roles by uh, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Um, describing this movie is kind of hard, but think of uh, Frankenstein if it was a feminist empowerment story. It's what I describe poor things as. It feels like a really great retelling of Frankenstein. Like it is, and um, it managed to make it to my top ten. No, what I really loved about this one is like it grappled with really interesting and complex themes and it didn't give the audience like a clear answer on any of it you're just sitting there wondering okay uh what do i think uh how does this fit my worldview how does this shift my worldview um yeah all through a like the uh lens of our female protagonists and i love it and it also delves into uh the complex issues it's better than barbie in the sense that it's I feel like it's even better of a feminist empowerment story than what Barbie was this year. Barbie was in my top 20 this year. Um, um, but uh, I feel like this does it a little bit better with a little more nuance. Um, arguable. Bar- <laughs> it's arguable. Bar- I feel like Barbie bashed you across the head a little much. And the performances in this are great. Um, the production design, amazing. Uh, this one's still in theater, so high recommend for me to go watch it. Next, also in theaters, and I watched them like one day after the other. It's shocking. They both made my top 10. Uh, the Iron Claw. It tells the real life story of this wrestling family, the Von er- Eric brothers. Von Eric, um, yeah. Yeah, the Von Eric brothers. Um, and they were wrestling in the 1980s. It, it's a really tragic story to the point that the director had to cut out some of the tragedy because he said it made it too unrealistic for a Hollywood movie. Even though it very much happened. Yeah, very. even though it very much happened. So yeah, I, I recommend going into this one blind because it just punches you and punches you and punches you. There's a little catharsis by the end, but this is a rough watch and you will not believe what happens yeah. here. Um, really well done. Uh, I hadn't heard of the director before. Maybe I have seen one of his films. Um, it's Sean Durkin. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen any of his stuff. But yeah, really great job with this. And I look forward to seeing whatever he does next. Zach Efron uh, is the other person I want to mention here. Yeah. Really great performance. I feel like if this movie came out earlier in the Oscar cycle, like October, November, we'd be hearing more buzz for Zach Efron for Best Actor. We are not, and that's unfortunate, but he does a great job here. One of my favorite performances of the year. He'd be in my top five if I was picking the Academy yeah. Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's so hard that, to believe that man started with High School Musical at this point. Like, yeah. yeah. The last scene of this movie will break your heart. I'm 100%. I, I, There's a line here that is one of the most well-built lines because it just sums up the entire film in yeah. one line. There's There's very few films that actually pull that off. There's, yeah. the, the, there's the scene where he's talking to his kids at the end. You both know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that line. I, that forced tears out of me. I'm not going to It did. I, it, got, it got me I, close. But like, yeah, that just shows how expertly written this was, how expertly directed it was, and how expertly acted it was. All really well done. Um, and since I didn't know the true life story, it kept taking twists and turns that I didn't know. Like, I yeah. gasped a couple times. I think Jacob did too when he was exactly. watching it with me. We were, we were shocked. Um, but yeah, number eight is the Iron Claw. Number seven for me, Godzilla minus one. Um, Toho's anniversary uh, Godzilla film, I think 75th, no, 70th, right? 70th yeah. anniversary? Better than Godzilla? Disney's, yeah, better than Disney's 100th anniversary movie. Yeah, 75th, though. 
75th? Okay. Yeah. Um, so it is the highest grossing Toho Godzilla film ever as of a couple days ago. It's um, so good. <laughs> I've heard it's essentially a somewhat remake of the original Godzilla. I haven't seen it, so I can't say that for sure. But what's really well done here is the human story because we've been complaining in the American legendary Warner Brothers films how like, oh man, I just want to see the freaking gorilla and lizard fight each other to screw the humans. But this made it feel like the humans were the central characters and made you care for them. Um, it really showed that you can do one of these kaiju films and have proper human relationships, proper character development. It's a really well-constructed film. They were able to do the effects for a, a fraction of the budget of what a Hollywood film does. And I know that's probably because of overworking conditions over there, but I imagine some of it also is because of shop planning that doesn't happen here. Cause some of the yeah. stuff here is just here, let's do five versions of this finalize it and then do it over again so i like i feel like that also saves some of the budget yeah. so hollywood studios do that um so to get into it a little bit it's post-war japan and it's basically about this pilot who doesn't uh commit to a task given to him by the military and then he's grappling with that back afterwards are you not going to tell us uh what his task was ruben I mean, we'll it's right at the beginning of the movie. I feel like it's fair to talk about. But I feel it. like I feel like that takes away a little bit from the experience if I do that. Yeah, yeah, just a smidge. You're just fair, a smidge. Fair. Yeah, but like best Godzilla movie ever, um, in my opinion, I, I top two kaiju movie for me. Um, I think only Pacific Rim by Guillermo del Toro is up there with me as a kaiju film. That's a kaiju film. Oh, it's a kaiju film. I'm just saying, like. And this beats that like easily. <laughs> nah, I love Pacific Rim, man. Oh, Pacific Rim's such we a can fun get to, time. We can get like... to that debate later, but yeah, yeah. Godzilla minus one, really great kaiju film. I don't know if it's still in theaters. If it is, go watch it. It only Next came up, out at the, at the start of December, so it should still be in theaters for some. Should time. be, and then uh, finally number six for me, um, which Jonathan was shocked as, uh, but I mean, I don't know why he is because we talked about it together. Killers of the Flower Moon is number six for me. Um, I. It's a really great movie. One of the best of the year. Really well made. It's just for me, <laughs> it doesn't, it didn't like hit all the buttons for me. It dragged a little tiny bit in the second uh, hour of it, a little bit. The acting performances are outstanding. The Nero should be considered for best supporting, but it's a packed year. Um, Lily Gladstone will probably win best actress for this. Part of my issues with this, as I talked about in our full review, and it's not Scorsese's fault, but it dings me from putting it higher up in my list. It's still one of the top 10 movies of the year. But for me, what dings it a little bit is like the native focus kind of gets lost in the second half completely. There was a little bit in the first half and I'm kind of bummed that it completely went away. I'm kind of bummed that Lily Gladstone kind of fades in the second half of the film. But as Jonathan and I discussed and Jonathan oh, yeah. fully pointed out, it makes sense for the story because it actually happened that way. Um, but and also, it's out. made by a white director, so I. He's, he's we also us, talk about he's that. Telling as well. us what he knows, yeah. Well, he's I'll, telling I'll, us what he knows, and he does yeah. it really well. I'll talk um, a bit more about Killers when when it comes up in my list. Which surprise, yeah. surprise, it is. It's up there. It's not number one, but it's up there. Thank you. Go ahead. You can go explain your ten through six. Okay, some of these are going to overlap with Rubens. And first of all, number ten was Iron Claw. This was the second to last movie I saw this year, and this movie like absolutely rocked me to my core i i had no idea about the story at all uh i remember watching the trailer and being like oh my god why the hell are they showing a funeral like why are they showing a coffin like they're clearly showing that 
at least one of these guys dies not go- going in not knowing the story uh and no spoilers but uh yeah the the the, the trailer gave nothing away i'm not no, gonna not lie to you. this is an agonizing movie I this is the first movie I've seen in a while in like a, a like a substantially full theater because I usually go at like weird times when not many other people are there or I, I'll watch like uh or, or like I'll watch a movie that's already like either at the like in the middle of the run or at the very end but this is a full theater and Ruben Ruben and Jacob mentioned they gasped several times the theater I was in was just solemn Anytime anything would happen, you would hear like, oh my gods, or like, like just like intakes of breath. Like people were rocked by this movie. Cause like, you, you think it's like, if you don't know the story, you think it's going in a very different direction that it yes. ends up going in. There, there's it's a, pretty lighthearted for like the first 30 yeah. minutes. Like I was oh, laughing. Yeah. Also that, that Tom Sawyer, um, like montage scene, cool as shit. Some, amazing action shots in there like you're like getting your blood pump you're like yeah okay wrestling's cool wrestling's cool and then by the end you're like yo we should stop this <laughs> we should maybe not <laughs> keep doing this um there's this movie also has one of my favorite shots of not only the year but probably of the last decade i i, I don't know if ruben knows what i'm talking about but it's the triple exposure shot do you know that one I'm trying to think of it, but it's what the you one talking? where it was Zach Efron's face, and then Jeremy Allen White's, and then the the third the third brother's face, and they all kind of like they're all like like transparent, and they kind of like overlap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It was. was ooh, you'll know it when you see it. It's such an awesome shot. But yeah, Iron Claw is just one of those rare movies for me that like really just got to me, you know. And I say rare, but every movie in this top 10 really spoke to me in a, in a way this year. Like, that's why they're there. Iron Claw just happened. Iron Claw just happened to be the most recent. If I had more time to marinate on it, hell, it might have gone above. But, like, oh, what a film. Seriously, watch it. It just came out. Like, what are you doing? Stop listening know, to us to and go watch Iron Claw. Yeah. Zach Efron is a, ooh, dude, the acting. This is the first time I've seen Jeremy Allen White in a like act like actually acting because I, I i haven't watched the bear i've heard so much good things about him and the man is the man is, keep an eye on that guy that guy's good my god yeah. mm-hmm. um okay at number nine we had asteroid city i am a wes anderson nut i'm gonna be completely honest with you guys my my third favorite movie of all time is fantastic mr fox i absolutely love wes Anderson's style it's very it, it, it's it's like the opposite of Tim Burton, where Tim Burton is like all style and no substance. Wes manages to engage in his style and yet imbue it with so much substance. You know what I mean? This is one of the two movies in my list that I think really gets down deep into like the creative process and what it takes to make something and what what you want to say by making that you know we all go out and and no one has the intent of making a bad movie we're making a movie that has nothing to say but sometimes you get lost in like okay what am i trying to say through all of this like what is the message what can i give that's this lasting impact and this movie kind of grapples with that and says well does it have to be lasting does what does like every single attempt at art that you make have to say something like it's super universal oh can it be something personal can it be something profound isn't any like what like what it basically grapples with 
the idea of significance. You know what I mean? It grapples yeah. with the idea of like, okay, the things that we find important are the things that we imbue that importance onto. But that can be anything. One of my favorite moments in this film, I, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but you know what? Jacob spoiled a little bit of John Wick, so I'm going to spoil this. Screw it. He's spoiled some Guardians Guardian as well. Guardians. Oh, yeah, it's Guardians, sorry. But there's this moment in the movie where the, one of the kids, it, it, it basically it takes place in the science camp, and there's a bunch of kids who have made inventions. One of the kids made this invention that like projects an image onto the moon. And there's a scene um, where they're all huddled in a tent, and they're like, okay, well, what's an important enough message to put onto the moon like this is crazy like we have it and then like it, and the payoff of it is like blink or you'll miss it essentially it's that two of the characters who have fallen for each other just kind of like put like a like what basically like a tree carving like a you know like an a and r or whatever <laughs> they put yeah. it on the moon and it's just like that's such it's such a throwaway moment but it's such that was one of the moments that stuck with me the most because i'm like that's what's important to them to them, that's what needed to be said. Like, it, it's such like a, it, it feels like a comedic, like, throwaway moment. And yet there's so much there. And that's what I love about Wes. Everything is just so meaningful. It's not just the imagery. It's, you know, you get so much in it. Also, the acting, the actors in this movie. Oh, my God. I need more Jeffrey Wright and Wes Anderson movies. I need him to yeah. be a mainstay in that Jeffrey in that Wright casting so life i need him to be a mainstay in that casting lineup dude like oh my god Ugh. shout out the alien. yeah oh shout out jeff goldblum come on <laughs> my boy jeff my boy jeff uh the, the kid actors are also really good i think um west is one of those few directors that i think really understands how to how to handle like kid actors like it's him like m night Shyamalan to me don't laugh don't laugh. <laughs> oh, but yeah, those. Uh, you know, I could talk about Asteroid City for hours. It is just such a good movie. Uh, at number eight, I'll keep this brief because Ruben has kind of covered it. Godzilla minus one. Holy shit! Is this a film, dude? And it's hilarious because the same thing that Ruben said. Like I, I went in. Like I left Kong versus Godzilla being like, okay, so the real trick with these kaiju movies is to stop focusing on the goddamn boring ass human characters and show us to fight it and this came up and i was like you know what no you just need to know how to write like that's it. <laughs> you just need can you believe that all you need to make a good kaiju movie is talent it's crazy <laughs> wow yeah, no, the talent for those uh, uh, MonsterVerse movies are usually in the VFX apartment, not so much anything else. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice change like, of pace here. Yeah, this was, oh my God. And for me, it's like Godzilla's entrances in this movie is so non-grandiose. It's so abrupt, sudden. It's just so matter-of-fact. You know what I mean? The, I the light, the spotlight just kind of turns to him and he's there. You know, it, it's just kind of like this deals with Godzilla in a way that I'm guessing we haven't seen since the original. He, he's a force of nature and he's just kind of a part of life, though. He's just so matter of fact. He's there. He's Tim just Wananabe there. tried to say that, but uh, it didn't really work. It didn't really work. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it's true. Like, and, yeah. and like, oh, my God, the acting performances in this movie. Like, my biggest gripe with the Oscars is that when it comes to foreign films like this, we don't get, 
like as much praise for the actors. This is something that James has talked about, like the leading man from Parasite, not a bit of buzz. And there's that one scene at the end, that subtle change in the face that just kind of like rocks you. And this movie, there is not a single bad performance. The main character is just heartbreaking to watch. His partner, amazing. The crew that they work with, I love every single member of that crew. They were they were so fun. They weren't just throwaway characters. They had personalities. They had motives. They had everything in this movie on the human aspect just worked so well. It has such a profound, such profound things to say about Japan as a society. Whereas Shin Godzilla kind of grabbed, and I really want to rewatch Shin Godzilla because I don't know which of these I like better. Whereas Shin Godzilla serves as more of like a satire, like it still has horror in it, but it serves more of a, of a satire of like the government's ineptitude when it comes to crisis or like, or, or like it's it, it's basically kind of making fun of bureaucracy. This movie takes it to a human level. And when it questions the government, it's really, man, they don't give a shit about people. They don't give a shit about the individual. It's about power. It's about like, it's about getting things done. There's this scene where one of the characters is talking about how Japan has just treated their population horrendously, you know, like weak tank armor, kamikazes, all that shit. And it just takes all of this. And this is still amongst full-on kaiju attacks, all right? Which look <laughs> glorious. All right, this, this, this movie, all right? <clears throat> I watched it twice, mainly because the first time there was a bunch of racists sitting in the back yelling out slurs and i you know that needed to watch what it. that's a long story that's, that's a long story let's not yeah let's not touch on that here number seven <laughs> we'll tell you later <laughs> number seven this one i'm assuming is higher on ruben's list uh the holdovers i'm gonna keep it brief because i know ruben's gonna have so much more to say about this than i yep. will but this uh, this is one of the most grounded most human most like relatable movies i have seen in a long time it feels this is like the first the, the, even above ladybird like this is like a movie that i watched and it felt like i wasn't watching actors you know what i mean i felt like i was watching people the only thing that took me out of it is the fact that i know paul giamatti like i know who that guy <laughs> is you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> But this is just such a, this is this is sure to be a holiday classic. I think it grapples so well with what it means to be human. I think that's something that a lot of of the movies in this section of my list kind of grapple with is this idea of like what is it to be alive, to struggle, to love, to live, you know? There's this a line from this movie that will forever stick with me, which is it's apparently a German adage, but uh life is like a hen, a, a hen house ladder. It's short, shitty, you know. And it kind of this kind of serves as the starting thesis of the movie, and then we slowly move away from that. Where it's like, yeah, it's short and it's shitty, but sometimes it's all right. Sometimes there are moments that make it worth living, and and this movie just really does a phenomenal job of that. Shout out Alexander Payne, fellow alum of Creighton Prep, as all of us are. You yeah. know, you can tell he went to Creighton Prep with this movie. He na- he nails these kids' personalities a little too well. He knows. Yeah. He, kn- he knows teenage boys are just assholes. They suck. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna say about holdovers. Um uh, yeah, just God. Uh, Ruben's gonna definitely like gush yeah, on this movie. So I, I really, yeah, I was gonna say I don't wanna I don't wanna steal your thunder because I really love this movie, but you loved this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then at number six. I had a hard time. I was between this one and the one at the number five spot. But at number six, I had Guardians. And again, just amazing close to a trilogy. 
Oh my God. This, this uh, I have not had a superhero movie make me emotional. I don't think like the way that this movie made me emotional. I don't think I've ever felt except for Logan. I guess I think that's the only one I can think of. Logan is the only one that almost like drew like tears from me. This movie is just so moving, you know, again, it deals with being human or like being alive, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, I know the DCU is in good hands seeing this movie and seeing how it turned out because it, it's able to keep its lightheartedness and yet grapple with some of the most devastating things you'll see on screen. Like, God, it's just an emotional roller coaster. The soundtrack is incredible. The acting is actually pretty solid for an MCU movie. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, what a close to a an era of all of our lives. Just such a touching send off to these characters. And uh, yeah. ah, man, I can't wait to see what uh, the Superman Legacy movie is all about. <laughs> yeah. So this podcast got out of control. Uh, I was trying to keep it way more compact than last year. We ended up doing an even bigger mess than last year uh instead of just doing uh one giant 90 minute episode this ended up being an hour 55 minutes so in my attempts to compact it we just ended up stretching it i will have to try better in 2024 when this comes up again um but for right now to actually give you digestible parts and not just post an hour 55 episode minute episode that i know that most of you won't sit down and listen to i'm going to split it into three parts this first part you just listened to is six through ten tomorrow will be five four and three and then the last episode on thursday will be two and one um yeah just the way the cookie crumbles and why did we record an episode on january 1st it's coming out oh i don't know just on january 23rd 24th and 25th uh that is on me uh i had stuff come up all good things, all good things, uh, but I wasn't able to get to the editing of this podcast until now because we also had technical issues on top of this being a two-hour episode. It's still January. Top 10 lists are still fit for this time of the year. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it will actually be four episodes this week on top of the three top 10 list episodes. Uh, there will also be an Oscar nomination discussion with me and JQ that will come out on Friday morning. So, yeah, after a month off, uh, I post four episodes in a week. Yeah, Cubed uh, needs to get more consistent, and hopefully this year is when we finally do it. I know we said last year was going to be the year we do it, but this year is going to be the actual year we do it. So until tomorrow's episode, peace out.